0: What's up, guys, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. We still got a ton of questions about The Rise of Skywalker, so like we did last week, we're going to answer 20 of them. I hope that you've seen the movie by now, but again, (laughs) just in case, spoilers are ahead.
1: Jason Delgado asks what the sequel trilogy added or took away from the idea of the chosen one and bringing balance to the force.
0: I think that at worst, it just made it a little muddier, but (laughs) I, I don't really think it added or took anything away um i think that maybe maybe it made the chosen one prophecy a little bit less important
1: mm.
0: i think that anakin was the chosen one of prophecy he succeeded in everything that he was supposed to do he destroyed the sith he brought balance to the force it's just that it wasn't like a forever thing
1: yeah he he destroyed uh darth sidious but not forever. Not for long. <laughs> and
0: he brought balance to the Force, but not forever. Like, yeah, It lasted 30 years and that's pretty good and we still don't know exactly what the prophecy even says.
1: I think it's just more about the Skywalkers and like, yeah, technically they're gone at the end of the Rise of Skywalker, but then Ray takes up the name so that the legacy still lives on. Uh, so, I, yeah, I don't know if, if it's as much about The Chosen One prophecy as it is the Skywalker legend?
0: Well, like Yoda says, the prophecy may have been misread. It could wind up being a thing where like the Chosen One, it's like a chosen family almost Mm -hmm. because it was Anakin and Luke and Leia and even uh, Ben Solo. So yeah, I think that... I do think that the Clone Wars very specifically was meant to be like Anakin is the chosen one. Mm -hmm. I think that's what George Lucas wanted to say. uh, But I think we might be able to expand upon that a little bit and say that, you know, to a degree, it's all the Skywalkers.
1: Omar Thomas and Olivia Pereno want to know what Palpatine's plans were with Rey. He wanted to uh, transfer his essence into her and become... Did he, though? Empress Palpatine. That's
0: like, (laughs) that is one of the biggest just confusions to me for this movie because at the start he's like he tells ben kill the girl what if he did (laughs) like at the end he's like i never wanted to kill you i wanted you here it's like you're taking a big old like cross your fingers moment with kylo ren because he is like raising his lightsaber to kill her on the death star and then leia intervenes and then later palpatine's like the princess of alderaan has foiled my plans like, what What do you want, Palpatine? I don't know.
1: I just assumed that he said that just so that he would go after her and, like, just really get to her and then get her to go there. Like, I think Palpatine knew, like, Kylo wasn't ever going to kill her. Like, that
0: tracks for me because he's a master manipulator. He's used to manipulating uh, impressionable young Skywalkers, but... <laughs> it's been doing I, I,
1: it for years. Yeah,
0: but still it seems so cloudy and mm-hmm. I wonder I mean it's it's very much like the phantom menace. So again, this kind of all fits where <laughs> you're like, well, do you want her do you want Padme dead or do you want her to sign the treaty? What does signing the treaty get you? Like it's just too convoluted and it, it's not clearly stated. I'm hoping like the the novelization will clear some of that up. Mm-hmm. It's possible that maybe getting Ray to Exegol was like a backup plan. Maybe he was like priority is her dead. And then he could maybe transfer to Ben. And again, we're going to talk about this transfer stuff later. (laughs) There's another question about it, but like, I don't know. It's very muddled.
1: Yeah. All the Sith living in him, all the Jedi living in her. I I don't know. What does
0: that mean? That's all very new and it's a lot to dump on us (laughs) in like (laughs) five minutes time. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, (laughs) I I think that probably you are right that he knew that Ben wouldn't kill Ray and that it was more of a way to get her to him. Uh, I think that the movie just could have done a better job of making that clear.
1: Ryan Lavering asks if Jana is Lando's daughter as the visual dictionary implies. I don't know that it really implies it, I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I,
0: I don't think that it does either. Uh, the visual dictionary says that Lando's infant daughter was taken from him at a young age. I assume this was going to be a plot line in the movie that was dropped, but Lando lost a daughter and it's haunted him ever since. I don't think, and I was afraid that they were going to do this in the movie. I thought it was going to be like, Janice sits down, where are you from? The gold system. And she'd be like, oh, me too. And then they'd figure out that, oh my gosh, we're related. <laughs> uh, I am like... Star Wars is full of uh, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we don't need one at the last second. What I like more is this idea that Lando is haunted by the loss of his daughter. She probably is or was a stormtrooper out there. And then when Janice sits down, he relates to her, obviously. And she's like, I don't know where I'm from. And he's like, let's find out. I just see that as more of a friend thing, like, I want to help you find your family, because I know it would mean a lot to them. It would mean everything to me.
1: Yeah. And I like the idea of them going on adventures together and just like traveling the galaxy because you don't really get a good sense of what's going to happen next at the end of this film, except for Rey going to Tatooine and People don't know if she lives there now or if she was just visiting to drop the sabers off But
0: uh, let's touch on that because it wasn't asked But I <laughs> have seen a lot of people say like oh she's gonna stay on Tatooine forever, and I don't get that sense no, I think it was just like a a saying goodbye to uh, Luke and Leia moment like she's burying their lightsabers there, and then I think she's gonna leave I, don't, sure. I, I, yeah. I hope she doesn't stay on Tatooine.
1: I mean, she's had enough of desert planets. Yes. <laughs> Nolan Sachs wants to know if Palpatine is literally all of the Sith and if that makes Essence Transfer a canon force power.
0: So this is another one that's just like, it's not clear. And like <laughs> I said earlier, they just kind of dump all of this. All the Sith live in me. Will all the Jedi live in me? And that's like some new lore that we've never really talked about before.
1: (laughs) I I still just took it as a metaphor.
0: I do too. That's what I prefer. And I get what they're saying, like all of the Sith teachings live in me. Like I am the culmination of the Sith, of the rule of two, Mm -hmm. and the whole point, uh, at least in Legends, they haven't gotten into it as much in uh, the canon stuff. But in Legends, the point is that the master teaches the apprentice until the apprentice is strong enough to kill the master. So the Sith just keep getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Palpatine was the last Sith in that line, so he should be the strongest Sith that ever lived. And I think that it's more of a... See, I want it to be metaphorical in that sense, but then he does say, like, I will pass into you when Rey kills him. And so that that is what makes it not so metaphorical. And that it's like, well, do literally all of the Sith live in him?
1: It's, I mean, whatever dark magic he used to come back to life, I think it's something to do with that. Like he's he's put something together magically that, I don't know, maybe it's Force Essence transfer, I don't know.
0: And And like, <laughs> is it this thing where, okay, what we knew about the Rule of Two before Uh, in Legends, where it's like the master or the apprentice kills the master, is that a ritual thing now? Mm -hmm. Where because he well, he says he killed Plagueis in his sleep, so that wasn't part of the ritual. Uh, So I don't know,
1: (laughs) I don't know that the force essence transfer thing is now canon, but I did we were talking about this after our second viewing of the movie when he is like taking part of the essence of of Ray and Ben it's kind of like the opposite of force heal so the sith have whatever the opposite of force heal is force takeaway force drain yeah force drain so he was doing that and i thought that was a cool new sith ability
0: oh yeah that that is very cool to me that the jedi the light side gives and the dark side takes yeah um that that works really well but no I don't I don't think that even if this ritual I I don't think that he would have passed into Rey and she would have been Palpatine but in Rey's body I think she would have been Empress Rey and it just would have been the next step in the Sith uh but again it's just very it's not really explained
1: it's it's yeah, it's very unclear, but maybe it's meant to be that way. Maybe it's meant to just be one of those things where like well, people can uh, <laughs> can say what they want I guess. and and believe whatever they want, and it's, it's it'll like, never be clear, <laughs> yeah,
0: I like it to be metaphorical, but it just there are some lines in there that I'm like, oh, I don't think that's metaphorical,
1: yeah. Tyler Shepard and Brock Montori ask who we think was piloting the ghost at the Battle of Exegol.
0: So I would guess our options are Hera or Jason. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I like to think it was Hera. Like I, I would like to think that she's still around and, and still piloting the ghost. I, I think
0: she could be. I, I'd be happy with either. Or like maybe it was a pilot-co-pilot thing. Yeah. I, I think either could work. Uh, but yeah, I kind of lean towards Hera just because I know it as her ship. Um, but I want to know, like, I mean, there oh, hey, there's <laughs> so many, uh, spots for crew in that, uh, <laughs> in that ship that I, I bet Jason was there as well. And probably Chopper, maybe Zeb. Yeah. Maybe Callus.
1: Maybe the whole crew. They're was
0: all there. there. Sabine's <laughs> there. Ahsoka's there. Ezra's there. They found them guys. They all
1: live in the ghost now. And
0: then Ahsoka, <laughs> Ahsoka spoke to Ray from the ghost.
1: Mm-hmm. A Star Wars nerd and Christian Hardesty want to know how the First Order ships across the galaxy were destroyed and how long after the rise of Skywalker did the First Order last?
0: So I think that the other ships across the galaxy, that was probably just a case of the people of those planets rising up. Mm-hmm. So you had a bunch of people go and attack Exegol, But at the same time, the First Order is spread across the galaxy to keep control. And I think just the people on those planets were finally like enough. And then they rose up and they took down those ships. They all seemed like they were destroyed in various different ways. Yeah. So that's my guess.
1: I mean, I feel like the Battle of Exegol was big enough to where I'm sure the First Order didn't last anywhere for very long afterwards
0: well there's a nice line from pride uh where he's like the sith fleet is going to make our forces huge it'll make up for the loss of star base
1: mm-hmm. like i
0: think that the first order had enough ships to hold the galaxy but it wasn't like the empire it wasn't just completely like we have a firm grasp i think it was like we're holding on Mm-hmm. but the sith fleet is going to really make us a new empire uh but then they lost all that and i think that they probably lost all their other ships so i think this probably is a case where the first order Order's gone yeah I-, I wouldn't expect the war to continue for another year like it did until the battle of jakku after return of the jedi
1: i mean there's always a chance that some loyalists like f- flee to a different planet just like what happened before with the empire but like janna was saying about more and more stormtroopers giving up and and you know turning to the good guy side i think that happened pretty quick after everyone found out that palpatine's gone bad guys are gone like we won this war
0: yeah
1: Eret Ebenus asks why leia's body didn't become one with the force until ben did
0: so I think that's probably a case of her physical body died, but she hadn't yet left that plane. Like <laughs> I, I think that her spirit was probably still around, watching, or maybe it was a part of Ben mm-hmm. at that point.
1: I th- whatever she did to help, like they they said that she's going to use the last of her strength to help fix things, and whatever she did was kind of connecting her with Ben, and so, yeah, like you said, she couldn't fully cross over, I guess, until
0: her son was at peace. Yeah, even
1: if he he hadn't died, maybe once the battle was over, Palpatine was dead, then she still would have became one with the Force, even if Ben were alive, but yeah, we see it happen when he dies. Tyler Williams wants to know why Obi Wan didn't force heal Qui Gon. Was it because he fell asleep in class that day? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, let's get the boring answers out of the way because force healing wasn't a thing yet, and all those kind of wasn't legends. And
1: Ray learned it re- like reading the Jedi texts. I think. I guess I, they they talk about it a little bit in the visual dictionary. Uh, We haven't gotten a chance to read through every little bit of that, but I think she learns it during her training with Leia and going through all the texts and stuff.
0: In Obi-Wan's case, my usual answer for things like this, like, why didn't Obi-Wan use force speed to run through the gates? It's like, well, A, because that's not what the story needed. The story needed Qui-Gon to die. Uh, But in the Force's case, it's not just a simple like, ah, I'll use force heal, and like you do it, you have to be centered. And I mean, Obi-Wan was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His master just been stabbed. Even if he knew he could do force heal, he might have not been able to pull it off because he was just so shaken by it all.
1: He, and he didn't have time.
0: Also that, like, yeah, that's true. Rey does heal, like Rey stabs Kylo and immediately heals him. Qui-Gon had been lying on the ground for a while. <laughs>
1: there's a there's there's a force window there
0: (laughs) yeah that makes more sense because as i think about it like yeah ray was pretty shaken when she healed ben and uh, ben was really shaken when he (laughs) healed uh ray so but but also like that's just what the force is supposed to be about usually Uh like you see people kind of center themselves close their eyes and focus before doing it
1: Oyson O'Sullivan asks if we'll learn more about becoming a Force ghost in the Kenobi series because The Rise of Skywalker leaned heavily into the afterlife of Star Wars.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if we got into it, uh, but I I don't know that it's going to connect all that much with what we see in The Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess that's still because I get a very strong feeling that J.J. just kind of did this on his own and wasn't concerned with any other lore or connecting things back with uh, anything other than the films. Mm-hmm. Kenobi, I think, is going to be a little more concerned with, like like The Mandalorian is. It's a little more concerned with like making sure everything lines up. I think Kenobi will be like that. I'm still a little iffy on all those voices we heard. It's a really nice scene, but it's like, okay, well... Qui-Gon was the first person to figure out how to do it, and then Obi-Wan, Yoda, and Anakin, and Luke, and like anyone after that, Leia. That all makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, like we can hear Mace Windu and Ki-Adi-Mundi, and like people who are supposed to be examples of problematic Jedi, Jedi that had lost their way, but now they all get to join in as well. That that's a little strange to me.
1: Maybe they're not force ghosts, but the, uh, they're definitely living inside right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean they're all in her head. They have some sort of consciousness, and it could be something where, hey, once Qui Gon figured it out, like the floodgates open, mm-hmm. and they can even pull people back from wherever they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's what I would assume is happening. But it does seem a little bit like Qui Gon was the first to do this, and I don't know that. Uh, Kiati Mundi of all people gets to join in.
1: Yeah, I I have a lot of high hopes for the Kenobi series. Learning more about Force fo- fo- Ghosts.
0: Force Ghosts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Learning more about Force Ghosts is not one of them. It's it's not a priority for me, honestly. However, I, there's a question about this later. Project Luminous. Maybe. Maybe that's gonna be diving a little bit more into the afterlife of Star Wars and and becoming a force ghost. Jordan Delgadillo wants to know why the Visual Dictionary shows that a drawing of the world between worlds matches a map to Exegol.
0: So that's pretty interesting. Two separate books, like one's talking about the world between worlds, and then one is showing you a way to Exegol. And they look identical. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that that's probably a hint that there is an access point to the World Between Worlds on Exegol. Mm -hmm. I think that maybe the map just happens to line up with like, hey, Lothal's on this map and uh, maybe Malachor. And so like we have in the World Between Worlds, these different portals, I guess. Mm -hmm. I would just guess there's a portal on Exegol and then that map is also showing where other portals are.
1: I think that's a perfectly good answer to that question because I don't have anything else to add. <laughs> Jake Engel asks if Leia's training in the movie contradicts the book The Book?
0: The Book? Oh
1: my god. Jake Engel asks if Leia's training in the movie contradicts the book Bloodline.
0: I don't think so. I think the book, and there's a bit of aftermath as well where they touch on Leia's training and that basically she didn't want to train. She felt that her uh service was better used diplomatically than as a jedi the the visual dictionary says that she started and stopped her training within a year of uh return of the jedi so she took a little bit of training with luke and then just stopped it because she had a vision but mm-hmm. telling people i'm stopping so i can be a diplomat sounds better <laughs> than i'm stopping because i had a really bad vision of the future
1: yeah <laughs> um, yeah that makes sense to me she's not gonna tell everyone that she was gonna be a jedi but decided not to <laughs> i
0: i think that maybe there's a little bit of contradiction there but to me that's not so bad like you don't have to bend over backwards to make it work it's like okay a little shift in thinking solves that for me
1: yeah ben p stein wants to know why the visual dictionary doesn't have much information on palpatine Uh, I think that was maybe a Lucasfilm decision. Just, I I don't know. Like, maybe they don't know how to exactly explain everything that people want explained quite yet, and (laughs) so they didn't put it in there.
0: Honestly, I think that's it. I I think that J.J. in the movie didn't care to explain it. He just wanted Palpatine to be back. Let's do this.
1: I mean, there wasn't really... They could have made time to explain it, but for the story purpose, they decided to just put it in the crawl and like, he's back. Let's let's really get into the meat of this film.
0: I think for most people watching, the simple line of the dark side is a pathway to abilities that many consider to be unnatural. It's a callback to Revenge of the Sith. I think that's enough for most people watching the movie. They're like, oh, the dark side. Okay.
1: Yeah, bad guys.
0: Right. Uh, for people like us, who know like a little bit more about lore, that's not a satisfying answer. Uh, I think that they're probably assuming we're going to tell this story one day. We They know that people want to hear this story. I think they probably don't want to reveal answers in a reference book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think they're probably trying to figure it out right now. I think they're going to let whatever writer or storyteller that gets to tell this story... I think they're going to let them make the decisions because that would be better than like setting definite like here's how it happened. And now, storyteller, you have to work within these parameters. I think it's probably better to work the other way around.
1: Yeah, I think shortly after seeing the film, I thought to myself, oh, well, this would make a cool like little mini comic series just showing what happened from the time the last time we see the Emperor, um, Return of the Jedi, to, up to the Rise of Skywalker, just like a comic series with a little bit of that stuff would be kind of cool. I don't know if it'll happen, but...
0: It, maybe we'll learn some stuff in the Rise of Kylo Ren comic. I could see that being a potential place to reveal some answers. Yeah. But I, I think that ultimately was just like, let's not define this stuff in a reference book. Let's define it in an actual story.
1: It was the very first thing I looked for, though, when <laughs> the book came in the mail. Me too. I went to the back, and I looked at Palpatine, and I looked at all his pages, and I was like, well, there's nothing here. <laughs> Christian Morales wants to know if Rey was using the Force to deflect blaster bolts on Exegol. So this is the the emperor's guards right yeah
0: whoever they are
1: the new red guys yeah. is what we'll call them
0: uh yeah and I, that was something that i noticed in our second rewatch that i thought was really really cool that ray never attacks somebody she is using their attacks to finish them I she mean,
1: just kind of she does force push one of them
0: yeah <laughs> I, I just thought it was a nice touch that instead of cutting everyone down with her lightsaber, she is taking their attack and pushing it somewhere else. It's mm-hmm. it's very uh, Avatar the Last Airbender. Zuko learns how to take in lightning and just redirect it. It reminded me of that, and I thought it was a really cool touch. Uh, yeah. It's a very Jedi thing to do, I think.
1: Kind of like Yoda's ability to, to suck up force lightning. Right, but yeah. The, but then he doesn't use it again.
0: Yeah, he, he just kind of accepts those attacks because uh, you're a Jedi is not supposed to use the force to attack. And I think she still is. I mean, to a degree, she's like, I'm going to use the force to still kill this guy instead of me. Yeah, but
1: you're all killing each other. Right. Each stop other. hitting
0: yourself. <laughs> and then at the end, she uses the lightsabers to deflect Palpatine's attack back onto himself. Which I'm kind of like, Palpatine, stop! The guy
1: <laughs> does not learn.
0: You—that's how your face melted, and now it's melting even more. Like, just turn it off. But
1: well, he does kind of turn it off. I, I noticed in our second viewing, he oh, like he? he stops when he realizes what's happening. But when
0: his it, face is half gone,
1: <laughs> it, well, like before that, but at that point, it's too late. Like whatever lightning he had <laughs> put out is. Being deflected back at him (laughs) through the lightsabers. Ewan Lees wants to know what we think about the opening planet being Mustafar and if that was a JJ choice.
0: I like it uh, because something I really wanted to see and was saying for a while is Kylo Ren should go to Mustafar and visit Grandpa's stomping grounds. (laughs) And that happened kind of.
1: For a split second. And
0: no, I don't think that was a J.J. decision. I think that he just wanted to show a fight happening and then they would go in and like, it's just a way for Kylo to get the Wayfinder quickly. Yeah. That's all it was. But everything outside of that, even like the establishing shot of the planet and then the visual dictionary that's all where you get the Mustafar vibes. So I don't think JJ was like, Kylo Ren goes to Mustafar and to Vader's castle to get the Wayfinder. I think that he was just like, if that were his intent, he would have shown the ruins of Vader's castle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we recently did a video saying like, this is why Mustafar looks different. And a lot of responses we got was, oh, we didn't realize that that was Mustafar. So. Because
0: you wouldn't know. Yeah. Like I, the establishing shot. I'm like, oh, is that Mustafar? And then they land. I was like, oh, I guess it's not. And then I read the visual dictionary. I was like, it was Mustafar. <laughs> and uh, like the person who asked this question is like, why did JJ pay attention to Vader Immortal specifically? And I don't think he did. I think he was just like reddish forest planet. That'll be cool.
1: And it does also say in the Visual Dictionary that like the people living there planted trees, mm-hmm. but it's only because- The of... soil is now fertile. Y- yeah. yeah.
0: And so all that was because of Vader Immortal. But yeah, I think that was a Lucasfilm like, ooh, we can do this. There's room for this. Yeah. I don't think J.J. was like, this is Mustafar for sure.
1: Joshua Black asks if Rey was in the world between worlds when she heard the Jedi voices. I don't think so. Every time the world between worlds gets brought up, I just I have a hard time connecting it with the live action films, and I I just don't want there to be a connection unless it's very clear.
0: I also don't think she was accessing the world between worlds. Uh, I. I did kind of like the idea of it, except uh, the person that asked the question is like, that would be a way that she could hear the voices without them all being force ghosts. And that's a nice jumping off point. But when Ezra goes there, he is hearing history. Mm -hmm. He's not just hearing voices. He is hearing stuff that has or will happen. Uh, Ray is hearing people talk directly to her. So... I don't think the implication is that the world between worlds was involved. I think it's just that these Jedi are still in the afterlife, but can talk to people that are alive still.
1: Yeah. And then like, she is like using the force chanting, be with me. Like, I think part of that was on her. Like she was using the force to connect to the spirits of those Jedi. And they were finally answering the call. (laughs) Michael DeLorme wants to know if force sensitivity was a factor in the defection of stormtroopers. I think that's
0: what they might have been hinting at to a degree. I I can't tell because uh, Finn and Jana bond over this feeling that they got. And Finn is for sure force sensitive. Um, Jana had a similar feeling. So I don't know. I, I wonder.
1: I mean, yeah, and we've talked about before that there are different levels of Force sensitivity and some people can feel the Force. So, yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility that the the brainwashing that was happening in the First Order was wearing off because they were becoming more in tune with the Force and the Force was like, hey, maybe don't kill all these innocent people.
0: I think it might also just be a. It, it could be weak-minded versus strong-minded, the same way that a Jedi can mind trick the weak-minded. Uh, maybe that just means that Finn, well, Finn's force-sensitive, but like Janna and maybe the others were just like, we're not accepting this brainwashing. Mm-hmm. They know they're better, so I don't know. I, I I can see definite room for them all to be force-sensitive because that conversation between Finn and Janna about that instinct, that feeling. I think that was the force speaking to them. I chose this one for Molly. Chris Sealing asks if you prefer Dark Ray or Dark Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: Hmm. I had such high hopes for Dark Ray. But I'm going to have to go with Dark Willow. Because she, she gets to do more. It's, I mean, yeah. I from the beginning, I thought that maybe Dark Ray was going to be a vision and she wasn't going to have a big part and I was right and that's okay still makes a cool cosplay but between the two I prefer the less hissing pointy teeth uh dark willow yeah everyone go watch Buffy
0: it's way more significant (laughs) and important to the story I knew you'd pick dark willow but I thought it was a fun question yeah
1: Rick Villanueva wants to know what we think Project Luminous will be after seeing the rise of Skywalker. Well, I mentioned earlier, maybe it's about the Star Wars afterlife and, and what it takes to be a force ghost and what they're up to. And I don't know. L-
0: Luminous beings are we is obviously what everyone thinks about when you hear Project Luminous. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have seen authors say specifically that it's not about Ben Solo. Um, I still am just hoping that it's not connected with the Skywalker saga. So it could be about Jedi exploring this idea. Uh, maybe Qui-Gon wasn't the first and it's just been lost to history or something, but all I really want from it. And so the rise of Skywalker hasn't changed my opinion or thoughts or hopes for Project Luminous. I want it to be its own self-contained multimedia story with comics and books And that's it, because I miss having things like the New Jedi Order uh, or the X-Wing series Mm -hmm. where you get this really long story told just in the books, just in the comics, something to make them feel more significant. That's what I'm hoping for.
1: Yeah, I think we talked about this when the news first broke about what it could be. And I still like the the idea of like the, I don't know, the, the, beginning of time and like the creation of the force and the first the first jedi you know seeing something like that seeing Jeddah in its prime mm-hmm. with all the like jedi statues and everything proto sabers <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah like i think it would be cool if it were about the very first jedi and sith
0: knowing that that's what benioff and weiss were supposed to do i bet They're going to save that story for films. Probably. but
1: But it would be cool to like set up part of it in books. But whatever it is, I'm excited for it. Me too. CJ Frank and Wizard Welder ask if watching the movie a second time changed our opinions at all. Not really. I wanted it to. But I will. I have to agree. Not really. However... We did watch The Last Jedi last night with some friends. Surprisingly, that changed my opinion for the better.
0: Yep. I was going to say watching The Last Jedi again made me go, okay, I think these two movies work better than I was first giving The Rise of Skywalker credit for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Watching The Last Jedi made me uh, enjoy The Rise of Skywalker a little bit more and... The Rise of Skywalker made me enjoy The Last Jedi a little more. Um, And also I've been listening to just other people's reactions like Force Center Podcast has a really good discussion on episode 9. Joseph and Ken really liked it. And hearing people talk about why they like it is making me see things in a different light. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm coming around a lot on uh, thematically what the movie was trying to say. I still, I think I'm always going to kind of be like ah, wish they didn't do that wish they didn't do that but I get what was happening and what the what themes are important to JJ so I think ultimately the way I'm going to feel about the rise of Skywalker is like I appreciate the story and what it was saying I am not crazy about the execution
1: yeah I still like I know a lot of people don't like the Luke stuff from the last Jedi, but I still really love it. And I like what it kind of set up for him and for Ray. And specifically one of my biggest problems with the new movie is that Ray is a Palpatine and I'm working through my feelings on that. I'm getting over it. But the scene where she's training with Luke and he says, you went straight to the dark. I was like, Oh man, of course she did. She's a Palpatine. And like, I think from then on, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm getting more and more into this.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that as much as I like uh, Ray Nobody and what that means, just saying that, like, hey, you don't have to be from, you don't, you don't have to be a Skywalker to save the world. Uh, while Ray Palpatine is something I struggle with, it does not negate that message. Ray still learns it. We still have Tamiri Blagg, <laughs> Broom Boy. Like, <laughs> I, I felt something watching the last scene of The Last Jedi last night that I don't think I'd felt before. Is that this is Star Wars isn't just the Skywalker story. It's not just Rey's story. There are a bunch of heroes journeys going on out there. Like, Tamiri Blagg, looking out... <laughs> Such a silly name. I remember when people were like, Broom Boy's going to be the star of Ryan Johnson's trilogy. I was like, I really doubt Tamiri Blagg <laughs> is going to be the star. But watching him look out and wishing for something more, it's very binary sunset. Luke looking to the suns and being like, I want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. And there's room for more than just these people. So I'm kind of like, okay, I can accept Ray Palpatine a little bit more and it is pretty cool to know that darth sidious's ultimate legacy is a skywalker the people he hated the most mm-hmm. like his granddaughter decided to abandon his name and take up theirs that's that's cool
1: and well he spent so much time and effort on vader <laughs> a skywalker and look where it got him <laughs> And all the stuff with Snoke, too, just thinking to myself, like, oh, man, Snoke really was nobody except he was like a puppet of Palpatine. And I just liked hearing all of Snoke's lines and thinking about Darth Sidious being behind all of that. That was pretty cool.
0: I I think I'm still not there yet with Snoke (laughs) (laughs) just because it seems so weird, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tony Jake wants to know when we think we'll start to see stories set after the sequel trilogy.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if we got books and comics and stuff like that pretty fast. Uh, I think that if we were to pick up the story down the line, I doubt the next movie is going to be like even 10 years after what we just saw. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's definitely room for them to start exploring that stuff. Uh, If they wanted to jump down the timeline, like I think they should jump 100 years into the future. I I don't know that I want to see episode 10 and now Rey is like basically uh, the Luke Mm -hmm. or the Obi-Wan. I I think I'd want to just start completely fresh and maybe see the people that find... The lightsabers on Tatooine see what's going on at that point like where's the Jedi Order now
1: yeah it's gonna have to be a big change and it's gonna have to be very different because everyone is saying well the sequel trilogy was a rehash of the original trilogy and a lot of aspects of it were and so whatever we get next if it's after the sequel trilogy they've got to really make it Pop. (laughs) They've got to really make it different. Really zhuzh it up. Uh, And it's going to be a very different story, I think, because they can't risk having just more and more stories that seem like the same story being told over and over.
0: Yeah. So I think that the next movie that takes place after the sequel trilogy, I think it's going to be a little while before that happens. I think we're going to jump into the past Play around in that sandbox for a while and eventually yeah, I think we're gonna come back to post sequel trilogy and my hope is that it, it is Far down the line
1: mm-hmm.
0: That's all the time we have for questions today If you want to leave a question for next week's video Just put it in the comments below or sign up for patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion where I usually answer all of the questions that I get in written form We got a lot this past week, so (laughs) it's probably going to take me a while, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that is something that I do there, and we also put out audio commentaries for the films. We're doing audio commentaries for The Mandalorian, and we are up to date. All seven chapters have been done, and uh, we'll do chapter eight as soon as we can.
1: We have also got the podcast where we upload audio versions of these Q&As and also the Mandalorian breakdowns. Yep. So...
0: If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel.
1: Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.
0: And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.